Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's another week. It's Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, I hope we don't get pegged for some kind of copyright infringement with brown-eyed girl plague in the background. I don't know how much you guys can hear that, but we are uh, recording live on location from the Moraline Malt House, which... Um, as much as this is the coolest space uh, for a taproom in Cincinnati, it is the biggest pain in the ass to do a podcast in this room. <laughs> you could be in one spot and be like, oh yeah, this is perfect. The acoustics are great. And then you take two steps and all of a sudden it sounds like somebody's right over your shoulder. It's uh, it's, it's, it's the always, archways. It's, right? always, it's, the it's, archway. it's always an interesting space to try to set up a podcast in. But um, I love sitting here and looking at the space and being a part of um, what a night like this is. And uh, we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, Greg Hartman, welcome back to the show. It's been probably about a year. I think Bachfest was the last time I got you on the show, if that's well, right. That, that or remember we had the uh, uh, podcast with the uh, brewers from the Meisel Brewery in Germany when we that was the, the uh, collaboration beer. That was way before that, though. That was like it was like two summers ago or something. Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, it was definitely before Bachfest. But um, welcome back to the show. Oh, it was Bachfest <laughs> last year. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're fine. <laughs> and then um, new to the show, new to uh, Cincinnati beer. I mean, to all of us. Um, feel free, please introduce yourselves. Tell everybody who you are and what your new role here at Morgan is. Absolutely, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we sure do. <laughs> Uh, my name is Jay Waffington. I'm the new uh, Chief Executive Officer at Christian Moorline Brewing Company. And I'm Jody Waffington. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Christian Moorline. Are you guys related by some chance? Slightly. <laughs> Just a little. We're married. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm Michael Graham, Chief Financial Officer and Chief Operating Officer at Christian Moorline. So this is going to be a big part of what we talk about is that um, this this whole structure of what Christian Moorline is is it, it, it's changed a little bit. It's growing. It's uh, it's it's taking on a new life of something that uh, Christian Moorline and um, the brands underneath of that too, which again we'll talk about, um, needed some kind of new life and some kind of new thing to push it into this next realm of what 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 craft beer is now versus what craft beer was. Even when Greg, when you bought the brands back in what, 2004, is that right? Um, yeah. That is correct, 2004. Shit's changed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> if you look at, I mean, how many breweries were there in Cincinnati in 2004? <laughs> I think like Mount Carmel. Yeah, I think they were. Sure, that was it. <laughs> um, that might. Well, I mean, I think was Barrel House still chugging along? You know, then, I, you know? I, I'm not sure. I don't think. I, I, I can't remember if Barrel House was or not. I think they were chugging along. There was a there was a couple yeah. places, but yeah. not many. Not Whereas many. Today, I think, as of right now, technically, I think, in my radius of what is Cincinnati, there's like 68 brewing licenses. There. Wow. Yeah. So that's changed a lot. That's, <laughs> that's counting platform and places like that that aren't really breweries in Cincinnati. I don't think they even have a brew house. I'm not even sure place. they have anything stainless steel in there, I don't do think they? So. I think legally they're supposed to make one batch of beer every year or something to keep that license active. I don't. They won't show it to you. I don't think it's there. And <laughs> BrewDog is the same way. As much as that place is gorgeous, it's all fake. It's all pretend, and they don't brew beer here. And um, But yes, if you guys want to do a show, I'll still do a show. BrewDog, that's uh, fine. <laughs> but that's, we're getting down a hole to the rabbit hole. Um, so... Christian Moorline today, it takes something to kind of push some of these brands that are brands that I think a lot of people um, 
there's a lot of nostalgia behind uh, something like Christian Morline or like Little Kings or like Hootie Delight and things like that. It takes something else to push that into this this new realm. Is that what the focus of all of this is, or is there some other bigger picture that I'm missing behind all no, of this? No, I mean, uh, let me let me just address it straight up. Uh, you know, one of the things that's been great. Uh, about working with Greg. So, again, you're, you're catching us really early. So, literally, yeah. I just finished my first week. Uh, <laughs> so, this is this is the first formal interview we've done since we've actually uh, been on the ground. But I, I've known Greg for, oh, I guess about seven or eight years. And I can remember back uh, then we were sitting around the logger house and we were talking over multiple times. And one of the things that uh, we had a lot in common was just the idea of the importance of a brand when you're building and you're brewing beer or any product really is how important the brand is. And he was taking me through all the brands that he had, you know, besides just Moreline, Little there's, Kings, there's a lot Burger, uh, OTR Cider Company. And I was just like, wow, it's amazing. And he said, you know, someday I'm going to call you and I'm going to want to supercharge all this. Are you game? And I said, I am. I'm totally game. I mean, it took him eight years. Uh, but the power of that is that it really is in, as you said, just the, the variety of different brands that we have. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Jody, Michael, and I, again, we've all worked together uh, before, uh, both in uh, advertising. So we ran a global advertising agency called Possible, right. headquartered here in Cincinnati. Um, and Michael and I started our careers together at Procter & Gamble. So we come at it from a marketing and a branding perspective. And I think when you look at the portfolio that really Greg has built, uh, these are some of the most, um, the, the, the best legacy heritage brands and heritage in a good way. You know, heritage where there's, there's a lot there's of... There's bad heritage too in some there other... There is bad heritage, yeah. <laughs> but I think there's, there, these, these brands have a lot of positive affinity where, you know, uh, people grew up drinking these beers or their grandparents drank these beers and we all know what grandpa drank is cool. Well, it... it it makes you smile when you think back to some of those memories and you think, oh yeah, burger. Yeah, that was, that was what grandpa drank. That was, it was, you know, right. grandpa was a burger guy or, you know, I like my, my favorite story. My, my grandpa kept Hootie Delight in the, the, the kegerator in her basement. Yep. Um, my uncle is not that much older than me. So he was, he was a little, uh, he was a little bit of a surprise for them, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he was a lot younger than the other kids. And so when he was growing up, he, you know, got into a lot of, uh, we'll say, mischief. Yeah, sure. And um, he would sometimes get into the kegerator of, of Hootie Delight. And um, my grandpa, I can, I can remember him going to my grandma and he's like, you know, Sam, you know, Grandma Sam. Um, you know, there's something, something wrong with Hootie these days. They, they, just, they really don't fill these kegs like they used to. <laughs> they just... I really don't think they're filling them all the way. I think they're only filling them like three quarters of the way up because, you know, yeah, yeah. Uncle was getting in there and, you know, getting into the kegs. But, you know, it's like you you, you get these bits. It was always Hootie Delight there. Like, you right. knew that that was their beer. And, like, it immediately brings you back to these people and these, these, these stories of your family. Like, it's especially in a city like Cincinnati. You had, Absolutely. You had these local brands that, at that time, people latched on to that thing. Well, and I think that's something we really want to harness. It's just the power of the heritage and the stories that people have. Um, 
I think that that's something like the, the positive feeling and nostalgia. And as you mentioned, talking about Little Kings, especially in Little Kings, where people have this great experience that they want to pull forward with their family, is something we think we really want to try to kind of blow up and, and capitalize on. And, and we need to talk about Little Kings a lot because I, I think there's a lot to that. We messed up, though. We didn't do my favorite part of the show first. So when you start a beer podcast, you do it because you want to drink beer. So uh, we do a segment on the show that's called... From the Beer Fridge. It's called From the Beer Fridge. So let's drink beer. We talk about what we're drinking. Um, you've got an empty glass. <laughs> I know. That's terrible, isn't it? I have two in front of me. We'll start with Greg. Greg, what are you drinking? Are you drinking the same thing that I am here? I'm actually uh, drinking a Baltic Porter. Yes. It just came fresh out uh, the other day, and I love that. And uh, earlier I had the Emancipator Doppelbock, and Which, I love that so yeah. much. That's why we're here tonight. It is why we're that, here tonight. That that's one of the many reasons we're here tonight. When I first got here, um, I grabbed the uh, Jet CVG, which for some reason, that was the first time I had ever tried that beer. You know, that's actually an amazing beer. We're, we, we're actually really, putting, really it, we're, we're putting it in competitions this year to see how it does. And... Uh, being a black lager, it, it has that nice uh, little bit of dryness to it, so you don't get all that sweet malt coming yeah. through. And it's a, it's a really nice beer. And uh, we brewed it for the airport, actually. Uh, but uh, it's been a mainstay here at the uh, tap room and at the lager house and at the tap room at the airport uh, for over a year now. It's, it's fantastic. It's um, one of those beers that I think... When people say, oh, I, I don't like dark beers, that's one of those ones that you can kind of giggle to yourself. Like, well, try this, try this, you know, and then yeah, it's no, exciting. It, it, it's like you do it blind tasting with them, and, and and then people don't see the dark color, and they go, well, that has to be a light beer. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I love that one. then now we have uh, a little bit of the uh, Emancipator from the, uh, the Firkin leftover, and then... Uh, I'm going to dive into that Baltic Porter next. <laughs> um, what have you guys been drinking tonight? Well, I started with the Power Stoutage, awesome which beer. is fantastic. There's... I really like the the coffee and the cocoa combo in that, where you, especially the nose on it is really fantastic. Uh, and then I went straight up for a full pint of the Emancipator. There's, there is definitely a story behind the Power Stoutage, too, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. There was something with some kind of power outage and there was something with that. There was a lightning strike. Do you, do you know any more of the story? So Greg look, has been cornered. We gotta, so get we, Greg. Can't, we, we gotta get Greg on this one. But lightning, so... We're not so gonna for, get Greg. For some reason... He can hear us. Li- lightning decided to strike the brewery twice in one year. And so that was the the, the genesis of power stoutage. Plenty, plenty of electricity blowing through the brewery. That's awesome. I mean, that's not awesome, but that's no, awesome. it's not awesome. <laughs> it's, it's actually really cool. We, we can laugh about it now. <laughs> it, it infused electricity into the brewery, which is now... Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's there you right. go. Urban it is, legend. It is a really, really good beer, too. It's, it it's is a good beer. Excellent beer. You know, there, there are not... There are not enough, like, really great stouts like that that you can just walk and grab off the shelf that are local. And man, that's a good one. And, and one that I think a lot of people don't know. Of. There's, there's a lot of those beers that Moreline has been putting out that people just don't know about for some reason. But man, you can get it in front of people in, the, in their yeah. glass and that's it's, right. it's going to change the minds. What so have you been drinking today? I've been drinking the OTR cider. So talk about uh, something that people don't know a lot about. Right. It's super dry, not too sweet. Really enjoying the cider tonight. And I started out with a raft of IPAs. So I started with Third Wave and then Big Hazy. 
And then, of course, I had an emancipator because that's why we're all here. So, really, between all of us, we've drank just about every style of beer or something you can think about tonight, which I think, again, a lot of people don't realize that when you come down here, there really is everything up there that you can think about. There's really great lagers, really great IPAs, some great stouts, some... There's there's cream ales and little tiny bottles. There's there's things that, you know, that... Um, there's everything, everything under the sun that you can think about. Well, I think that's the beauty of Christian Moorline is there's really a beer for everyone. So when you think about craft beer and the craft beer drinker, we have a whole seasonal lineup, a whole mainstay lineup. You have Little Kings, tons of heritage behind the cream ale. You have Hudie, Cincinnati's yellow beer. And I think you're exactly right. There's something for everybody when you come here. Let's talk about Little Kings. So um, I don't think a lot of people understood this when... So, the press really went out about this this uh, this new uh, what was it a collaboration of leadership? What was the how does it worded in there? Something like that. Um, when that press release went out, I think a lot of people didn't understand. I got I started getting emails a day or two beforehand with people telling me, "Oh, Greg's getting bought out. You know, somebody <laughs> somebody's coming and taking over Morline." Like, yeah, sure, sure, whatever, yeah. whatever, and so. Um, and even after the press release came out, there were still a lot of people that just didn't really understand what this whole thing was about. And, and I still think if you talk to people today, there's people don't understand what it's about. And I think a lot of it does kind of come back to Little Kings. Little Kings, I think, from the moment that, that Greg bought the brands, he talked a lot about Little Kings and about... Um, be it out in Athens. There's some kind of weird Athens thing here. Did any of you guys go to Ohio University? There's some kind of weird that Greg did. Just Greg. Yeah. So there's some kind of weird thing in Cincinnati beer where a lot of people within the beer industry went to OU. And out there, there was a bar or something that was doing some kind of Little King's Night or something. So there's. Okay, yeah. From, from day one the talk of what Little Kings meant to Cincinnati and to all of this was always there. Yeah. And it kind of got ignored and kind of swept under the rug and people kind of laughed about, oh yeah, Little Kings, whatever. Even when, sorry, even when um, Little Kings was finally brought back to Cincinnati, which I think was a huge deal, people talked about it, but then people kind of forgot about it. People ignored it. And like, it's, it's such a big part of what all this is about. About and uh, I, I talk about that a little bit. What, what is well? First off, uh, we've been committed to Little King since 2009 when we when I bought it and that sort of thing. Uh, as you know, it was not being brewed in town. You know, it it, it had left town a long time before that. Uh, we were able to bring back the brewing to Cincinnati and that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you know. You have to have a lot of resources and a hell of a management team in order to bring these brands nationwide. And if you're playing in a game, in, in a field that you know Little Kings needs to play in, you know it, it, it's definitely that field where you know you want to go out and make sure that you have the right management team attack, the right resources, and those type of things. Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, uh, Little Kings. Even though we are defined as craft beer because of Christian Moorline and that sort of thing, it plays in a little bit of a different venue, uh, including it being like the Pabst Blue Ribbon World, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. So uh, 
Uh, when you kind of go down that range in that, I, but that, I, th- but that doesn't. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I almost don't think it. I still don't think it's in the same category as PBR. I mean, it, no, 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 it's it not. It plays to some of the same things that make people right. right. Yeah, the legacy PBR. of the brand, yeah, uh, like and, the heritage and, of it. There's right. some kind of hipster kind of cred right. to it, also. Yeah, but exactly. like, it's right. It's, it's that, way more craft than PBR. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It well, is. And actually, we yeah, we we have no adjunct in it either. Right. You know, so we brew it as an all-natural beer uh, in that. So it's really important uh, that people realize that. And, and uh, so for us, it was more of a, you know, look, if, if you want to play at that level, you're going to have the right team. How do you take a brand like Little Kings that, that I understand really well because I, I'm from Cincinnati. It's it's something that, you know, has been around me my whole life. How do you take that and bring that to a different market that maybe doesn't have that heritage already there? Well, so let me let me let me start with that. Yeah, and I guess I'm going to kick it question, to Jody but... uh, to talk more about how marketing will work. But, you know, the thing that interest us about it and what Greg has said for a long time is, you know, Little Kings does have a national reputation. Right. So... The, the brand used to be distributed in 48 states. It was a $25 million business. I mean, it was a big, it was a big brand. Um, you know, I'm not from Cincinnati. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, about 1993. And I remember having a Little Kings in D.C. Uh, and I think everyone that we've talked to has a story, even if they're not from Cincinnati. Um, and even more than that, so there's, there's this pent-up demand. People know this brand. I mean, here at the, at the brewery, we get calls about 10 a week from different places, different states, asking for the beer. Anytime Greg would do a post on social media about Little Kings, he did something around Thanksgiving. Go on the Facebook page. Say, you know, celebrate the holidays with Little Kings. Literally, overnight, about 40 different states. Why can't I get it in Tennessee? Where is this in Missouri? How come I can't get it in Florida? Um, Greg told a story the other day that was fantastic that... Um, uh, I think it was about two weeks ago, or it was right before the holidays. Um, big semi truck pulls up at the at the dock outside the brewery. Driver gets out. He's got a bill of lading. I need a full truck of Little Kings, and we can't match it in the system. Well, we don't have. You are not a customer. Who who are you? Um, and somebody faked. <laughs> a bill of lading down to the weight of the materials, everything. That's when you just fill the truck for the ingenuity. I of know. It. <laughs> to ship it to Washington State. That's amazing. Now, obviously, we can't do that. So, we, right. <laughs> But the fact that somebody wanted the beer that much <laughs> from Washington State, that just tells you the, the value that the that the brand has and the, the heritage and the legacy of it. Right. But, Jody, you can talk a little bit more about, you know, the, the thought of where this can go. Yeah, I think what's important is just recognizing that, you know, consumers are fickle and their trends change over time. And so the taste profile of what consumers want is shifting. And so what's great about Little Kings is it's one of three American-style beers, but the way it's, it's brewed, it leaves a sweetness to the beer. And consumers are starting to want, people are just want a sweeter beer right now. And so Little Kings delivers on that promise of, of being a little sweeter, a little lighter. And I can go do things like play sand volleyball and drink some Little Kings. And that feels good to today's lifestyle of what consumers are doing. It's also a lower ABV than some of the heartier craft beers. So you've got that going. And it's also a lower calorie beer. And so when you put all that together and you have just a positive brand affinity, like 
the way people talk about Little Kings, I mean, we could probably sit and tell stories for hours, and we'll edit it and say it's uh, college, but really it's high school, <laughs> that people had a lot of Little Kings stuffed in their jackets, taking them places. There's just a lot of positive feeling around this brand that we really want to take advantage of, and it's just a matter of getting it back in their hands. It's not that they we have to make them want it, they want it. Just how do we get it back to them? And we're also looking to innovate with it. So we'll do. Uh, we'll be doing some flavored uh, malt beverage. So a new flavored beer of little things coming out in the in the summer. Um, looking to kind of again capitalize on that trend of where uh, people want to drink. And did you and, just say little things? Did I? I might have little kings. <laughs> but maybe that's a new marketing idea right because there. Because I actually kind of like that too. Like there's a whole, whole how many how many ciders did you have before this? <laughs> I just got so excited it flew out. So we know that there is going to be the orange, uh, the the blood the, orange, the blood orange, and then the uh, agave, agave lime, lime, right? Uh, which I think are still on tap down at the logger house. If I think they've sold out. If we didn't drink them all. Uh, they actually uh, uh, sold out originally and everything. We brewed another batch. These are beta batches. These are test batches. So, right. Uh, uh, it is uh, uh, back on tap, but it's almost out again. <laughs> so by the time you listen to this, you probably can't get a sneak peek at it. But <laughs> no, but coming uh, spring, you'll be able to get them. Very soon. like, And it, it does kind of tie into this new thing that people are in. For good or for bad, you know, this whole seltzer thing is happening. The the light, something with flavors, it, it's there. This is, I, I guess, a, a little bit of a response to that kind of thing, but in a... Well, and I'll tell you, it's in, a, it's in a unique Little King's way as well. So when you think about the original um, start, the origin story of Little King's, it's the, it's the original Boilermaker, so a shot and a beer from Montgomery Inn. So bourbon and Little Kings. And we really think that that's coming back as a trend, the shot and a beer. But more importantly, how do we take those flavors and extend that? So blood orange and a shot of vodka, agave lime, a shot of tequila. Now you've got a pairing that really lines up well with what, you know, it's not just light and fluffy. It's something that people are really interested in moving toward. And so these will, the, 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 the fruited flavors will see packaging alongside regular Little Kings. Correct. Um, all in the little glass bottles. Correct. Where, okay. I mean, I mean, we. Uh, what can you get any better than that? That holding that beer in a bar and that seven ounce glass bottle. I mean, it's as iconic as you get. There's, there's now what is coming is new packaging. So you will be seeing a new look to Little Kings coming out in the spring. Okay, so um, I did see labels get approval for a black label, Ooh. which is... You are on it. On which, it. Oh, this is what I do. Um, <laughs> which is kind of a throwback, too. I've it got, is. I've got... I have some really cool Little King's cans that yeah, are the, the black labels on them. Um, so I, it's exciting to see where this is going to go and how... Did you like the new label? I do. So you're my you're, like you're my first person out in the wild who says they like it. I'm excited <laughs> to hear that. The, the the slick gold shield on it. It's I, gonna it's gonna look really. I'm excited to see it in actual person on a bottle and see what it really looks like. Wait you till know, you see the neck We've done mock-up bottles. They look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Jay just said, wait till you see the neck label on it. Neck label. Um, yeah, I didn't see that one. Didn't come through <laughs> on the approval. I don't have to get that approved. <laughs> um, I, I'm excited to see not just like the craft beer drinkers that are already here that maybe have um, some kind of impression about a, a cream ale or about Little Kings or about something that they have in their head. But these new craft beer drinkers that are coming in that are looking for something that 
maybe are buying seltzer or something like that that I don't understand. That they're 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 craving something else and being able to give them something and something that then starts a story too with them and like well it's a it's what a really is little kings and then that really starts to get rap. them into this rabbit hole that then pulls them in this other way to this whole other world that is here you know right. well I, I think that little kings is more than just the cream ale itself it's a really fun brand it's really playful it's clever. It's something that when you go out and have a few with your friends, you're having a good time. It can be your wingman in the bar. And so I think that kind of harnessing that power is really what we want Little Kings to be. It's a social thing. And we know people, like Little Kings is not the beer to drink in your basement while you're just hanging out by yourself. Oh. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, do it if you want. You, you can do it. It's okay. there's, there's something really fun about those little bottles. You can drink a lot of them and then Stack line them up. up. Yeah, know. there you go. Just line them up down the bar, and then yeah. your wife comes down and says, well, how many beers did you drink? You know, but no, I think when good. you think about that, you said the fun story. Like, that's, that's, what, that's what the essence of Little Kings is, is how do you have that fun story that you're sharing with your friends, your family, and it brings that forward. It brings that out. It's the compliment, too. It's not the reason why. It's the compliment to your fun times with your family and friends makes perfect sense to me makes perfect sense um let's talk about kind of you guys and craft beer what is what is your story with craft beer what kind of craft beer drinkers are you guys um just get in get more personal let people know who you are and how this all works for you mike you go first yeah sure i'll go first so i uh so me and craft beer, I, I have a strong uh, affinity for the craft beer industry as it's coming out of, of Michigan. So uh, Michigan has really gone all in on craft beer. And particularly, there's a few breweries up there that have done an amazing job. And um, you know, I associate craft beer with... with uh, a lot of beer drinking occasions, summertime, outdoors, etc. Um, Bell's has done an amazing job up there. Founders out of Grand Rapids, if people don't know about Founders, they really ought to because it's unbelievable. Um, so, like, I really associate my, most my beer drinking occasions are social, outdoors, etc. Um, as far as the Cincinnati craft beer scene, absolutely grown in the last 10 years. It's been amazing. Obviously, Moreline was the first on the scene. It's gotten really good. I'll give a shout out to our friends at Mount Carmel. I think they do an amazing job. I think their their beers are, are phenomenal. I really like a couple of them. Um, if anybody hasn't been out there since they yeah, expanded it's and, good. and built the it's new carriage really house good. and stuff, it's, it's nothing like it used to be it's the, the restaurant that they built there is is incredible and it's it's definitely worth a stop if the restaurant's it's, great if it's been a while and, and and their beers hold up right so oh, yeah. so they've done an, an absolutely amazing job um you know personally i'm on the more uh pale ale ipa like i'm, I'm not a punch you in the face ipa guy i'm more of a a, a pale ale so i i like you know 50 as opposed to 70 is more my number on on the uh um, on the hops, um, but I tell you what, it is a great time to be a beer drinker. It really is. There has never been a better time to be a beer drinker, and and uh, really, as of now, there's no better place to be a beer drinker than in Cincinnati. I think it's I phenomenal. I think phenomenal. I phenomenal. I think I read the other day, and I should have pulled the the stat when I saw it that 
Um, it was official that last year we consumed more beer in the country than we did the, right before Prohibition. Okay, so, so, so we yeah. finally hit that number. Yeah, so now we're back to 18-whatever, right? <laughs> right? Like, good for us. That's crazy to think about, though, with, yeah. with 7,000-something breweries. We finally topped that number that they were doing with how many breweries back then. Like, yeah. it's, it's nuts. For uh, me? Yeah, craft beer stories. I think, yeah, you ask what it means to me is home. So I'm the granddaughter of two German immigrants. My maiden name is Schmidt Gosling. Uh, so it was, It's what? Yeah, there you go. I, I usually get that reaction. <laughs> it's Schmidt Gosling. That's amazing. Yeah, all 15 letters. And Until so, it's in an email address. <laughs> but that's what that's what that's what it reminds me is is of my grandfather in the summertime sitting out back with a mug of Hughie Delight, telling me stories of the motherland, and and that's what that is what craft beer means to me. That's what it means to be here. My personal, I'm a Little Kings fan. I like the sweeter beers. Uh, that's what I'm really. Maybe that's why I'm so excited to kind of take this to the masses again. Uh, but that's really what fires me up. What was your first craft beer? Well, it had to be drinking. So, Say, so it had to be drinking out of my grandfather's Hudi glass, wasn't it? I, I don't. Was that craft beer then? Was that a? Yeah, good question. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. It probably was more line coming back to Cincinnati when I graduated college. Yeah. Uh, going back to Michael, I didn't ask that question. What was your first craft beer? Do you remember? You know, um, I, I don't know if you'd call this craft anymore. But I remember the first time I had a Sam Adams Boston Lager. It's definitely and it still blew craft. me away. So I remember, you know, beer, 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 beer. Sam Adams Boston, new story, new world. This opened up everything, and from there, it the the you know everything kind of evolved from there in my book, right? And so, um, you know, on its heels, Sierra Nevada Pale, unbelievable, amazing. I'm still a big fan, um, but that. That Sam Adams was a game changer in my book because that turned beer on its head for me. What I knew about beer was one thing. What after I had that Sam Adams Boston Lager, totally different thing. Um, we'll get back to you, Greg. I don't know if I've ever asked you that question. What was your first craft beer? You know, it's really interesting you uh, say that. Uh, it was uh, Aaron Brow out of Cleveland, Ohio. They were a little brewery and uh, craft brewery, and I, that was my first craft beer. <laughs> I I don't even know about them at all. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Most people don't, but that's but what I, it was. I assume they're not still around. Yeah, it was just really rich and uh, something that just like, I was like, wow, this is really flavorful. Right. And there, it was something different. There was a thing um, when craft beer started that it was trying to most craft beer was trying to recreate something from Europe or some kind of old world style, you know, those big, rich kind of beers. Like it, it's nothing like this thing that's happening now where everybody's trying to blow this mold apart and everything. It's exactly. Yeah. yeah. First craft beer. Oh gosh. My first, I, I, everything Michael said about Sam Adams and Sierra Nevada, I think mine was reversed. I think it was Sierra Nevada first and then Sam Adams for me. Um, but my first Cincinnati one was actually uh, with Greg, and it was the OTR. How about that one? That's that's a good one to make your first one in Cincinnati. Yeah, first local Cincinnati one. Yeah. And um, there is, and I know the 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 idea of heritage in Cincinnati can be overblown sometimes, but um, I we've got such this 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 
thing running behind our entire beer scene. Not not just a place like Moorheim that that's that is the brand of what this is is the heritage. But you know, you walk into Rheingeist and it's right there. It's an old Christian Moorheim bottling plant. You know, you walk into uh, to, to to Mount Carmel, which was built off of the the crumbling of Oldenburg and, and his ability to not get the beer he wanted to drink anymore. Like that's it's all about these these things that were happening that were because of this this German heritage that we have. Well, and, and that's that goes all the way back to where we are today, right? So we are sitting here at Christian Marline Brewery in the Malt House tap room. So if we were here hundred years ago we couldn't stand here because there would be agricultural product on the floor right? in the room that we are in right now right. because it was going to turn into beer, right? So go back to the heritage. There is nothing more heritage than looking around, look at these vaulted ceilings, looking at this place. This is beer, right? Like this is where beer was born in Cincinnati. And well, there's lots of places like this here. It's not, it's not modified to look like a uh, historic building and to look neat. No, and uh, it's, right. It's, it is. It was probably actually a pain in the ass to put a tapper in here right. because of the fact that it's an actual old brewing building. But it's, I think that speaks to the authenticity of the of the the beers, right? I think you can. That's that's the flavor profile too. It's, it's very they're very authentic beers. Um, where do we see? I know we we talked about Little Kings. What does all of this mean for some of those other brands? I know that there's there's a lot of brands that you guys own here. Um, what happens with some of those? Do we get more of some of that stuff too in the future or? Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, I think there's, we've got thoughts and ideas on, on all, the entire portfolio. I think there's so many cool different brands. I think Jody said it best and she said, what's so exciting about when you look at Christian Moreline Brewing Company, there is a, a, there is a beer for everybody. So if you don't like beer, you drink our cider. If you like lighter stuff, then yeah, that's the hootie. If you like, so I think there is, and, and for every budget category too. I mean, burger is a great budget option. I think there's a lot of different uh, brands that are really cool in that way. I think what excites me the most about it. So I'm not native Cincinnatian. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. One of the Ooh, things sh- I know, I know, I know, but no, but I'm converted. Okay, uh, that except works. except for football. Oh no! Oh, oh, right, right, right. But that's the see worst. what I have to live with, guys. Yeah, see I what know. I have to live with. I know, Jody. I pity you. You're yeah, out. Yeah, that's it for the show. Where's <laughs> well done. Thank you, Andrew. But I'll tell you why. Why? Why I say that is Pittsburgh as a city is is very proud of its heritage across everything. Right. And one of the things that I think where where we are in Cincinnati is the beer. Cincinnatians are lining up behind outside of Cincinnati. So if you go to other markets, Cincinnatians are talking that. So if you go to Florida, I mean, you were telling the story about down in Florida. People are talking about Christian Miller. They're talking about Little Kings. They talk about you down in Florida because there's so many people that just dropped down 75. If you go out west, that legacy is carrying with them when they move out of Cincinnati. And that's something that I think is really powerful. And that could be the... Um, sort of that hook that gets Cincinnati out of Cincinnati and brings Cincinnatians back to Cincinnati at the same time. I just also want to mention that uh, the Logger House is still a major testing ground for Christian Moorline, the brand. Okay. Um, I might add that uh, Eric Struckfuss, who was our uh, master brewer here, has moved to the Logger House full time because he loves brewing. 
I mean, that's all he loves doing, and and, 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 and he's really getting involved in that. And uh, he has some unbelievable test batches that he's going to be putting out there uh, on many different new styles, uh, cutting-edge styles, breaking the mold, as you say. And uh, uh, Eric's down at the Logger House. So as we have a policy here, they start on our pilot brewery here at the brewery. We put them in the tap room. It's a little two-barrel system. And then uh, if they go well here, we bring them down to the logger house. Eric is just doing a whole slew of new things down at the logger house that he can focus on and see how they go. And those could end up in the Christian Moore line uh, portfolio as time goes on. So we've really shored that up in a big way with Eric down at the logger house. Well, it's also fun. I don't know if people uh, pay attention to that, too. But if you, like, if you frequent places like the logger house or the tap room, you can kind of get sneak peeks at what's coming. Like you can exactly. kind of start to see these things happening and see. Oh, well, we did the beta batches on the little kings yeah, down there, and people were blown away. They were like, "Fruited little kings on tap." That's interesting. You know, you start to see those things, and it starts to to show you like these little. I don't know if everybody else is as geeky as about seeing things before they happen as I am, but well, it's, and lately it's, we also did a uh, uh, a really nice uh, Southern Hemisphere IPA with uh, all New Zealand and uh, 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 Australian hops. Oh, I'm all about that. It was like wow, and uh, I was really impressed by it. And um, that, and and, and uh, so it's I, here. Uh, it is here. It's on draft it, right okay. now. So I mean, it's just really exciting that uh, we're able to do those type of things. And, and Eric's just uh, the right guy to do that. And his background and pedigree on that is just outstanding. And he was uh, actually, even though he came from D.C., was uh, uh, part of uh, uh, the craft beer groups and everything and started as a home brewer and then right. uh, came up to be a professional brewer. So, and this is kind of shifting topics a little bit, but um, as this idea of what craft beer is and what people are, are looking for, we talked about a lot about Little Kings and about this move to lower calorie, um, healthier options would be a hot, like, where do you, where do you see all of this going? Like, is that going to become what people are showing up to drink? Or do you think something like Emancipator still has as much of a place in beer today as, as, seltzer <laughs> well you know what's interesting I, I you know seltzer for me and i can only let's, say let's, for let's, me let's start this first is christian morland ever going to make a seltzer can you know you, I, can you guys? I personally will never say no but <laughs> i'm never going to say yes I, you know it's I mean, not on the plan right now uh, that's all i need not that's all i need <laughs> but 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 it, when you when you sit there and look at like seltzer and you look at like before that it was you know not your father's root beer sort of stuff and all that uh everybody's jumping on the bandwagon um you know, these are uh, health conscious consumers. They feel that seltzer hits that niche. And uh, uh, I would venture to say that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different pr- products that hit that niche. So I, 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 don't, I, I, I don't know what the calorie count of something like Pacer or like Little Kings or something. I, I don't know what that is, but well, well, Little Kings it's probably it's easy. not it's that. A, a Little Kings original is 85 calories per seven ounce bottle. And the new ones we're coming out with are only 75. So, I mean, that's. That's equal to a, a seltzer of that. that like, it is. It doesn't make any sense. It, exactly to me. right. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But it was always that way. <laughs> that's that's what's so crazy to me. So yeah. so you know I I just think that those trends are interesting consumer trends and everything. But you know, the bulk of what's sold in that category is still malt based beer, not 
malt based and flute fused beverages and that. Right. So, you know, I, 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 I there's always going to be a place for uh, those type of brands, but consumer trends change. This happens to be a big number, uh, percentage of beer drinkers that switched over, you know, and, and actually they switched over from wine. They switched that's, over that's from the, that's the question that I haven't really which seen. actually which actually that's good I think helps beer I think it is good if 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 wine drinkers are coming into a craft brewery and drinking their seltzer and then maybe that gets them to just hang out in the brewery that's a good thing but my fear is you know the the beer drinkers switching over to something else I think that we brought more beer drinkers into the category that's what I'm hoping for that's what I'm thinking happened but talk about something like like emancipator or like this this baltic porter i'm drinking that's not 100 calories that's nowhere close to 100 oh, no, calories that's probably but, closer to like 200 <laughs> we don't have to talk about what it actually is but liquid bread but where does, exactly <laughs> where does, you heard the story about 1634 and uh yeah, you well, know the uh, uh franciscans of paula brewed a uh bach beer that they sent down to the pope to get special dispensation to be able to drink it during the lenten season and he approved it, and uh, that uh, they needed something that had a very uh, large caloric uh, int- uh, content in that because they were drinking this during Lent. They needed it Need for their nutritional you. value. Classic Greg Hardman, <laughs> harking back to the 1600s, <laughs> tying our current beer drinking all the way back. Someone has to do it. But do you think that there is? Do you think that there is a place for stuff like that? going forward in craft beer or do you think that we're losing some of that i don't think we're losing any of it i think that we brought more beer drinkers into the category from wine wine is dying i mean if you look at what's happening in the trends on wine and you if you look at what's gone on with this whole uh uh seltzer thing i mean it, it it's expanding the beer category tremendously and I think those people are going to seek out new flavors, new beers, new things. And as earlier, we talked about breaking the mold. And I think that this is what Little Kings is trying to do. We're breaking the mold on some really cool stuff coming up. And uh, we're just treading on the beginning of it. I like the sound of that. Um, what gets you guys, all of you guys, excited about craft beer today? What is what is the thing that you look at that you're like, man, this is this is cool, this is fun, this is exciting, this is. I, I think it's the creative license. So as people are digging more experimentation, more different kind of taste profiles, I think what's really cool is that craft beer gives us the ability to dig on that experimentation and that creativity. It really is an art form, and so we are able to take advantage of that because people want more of the art of the beer and more of the creative side of the beer, and that's exciting to me. Totally agree. Anybody else? I think we just started. I, I agree with you 100%. I really think we, I think just, we started. just started scratching the surface of I, what I, this all means. Exactly. And I, I think, think we that just it, hit those pre prohibition numbers. I mean, as Michael said earlier, it's a great time to be a craft beer drinker. It's the best time we've ever had. I think we just started. I don't think we even got to first base. What scares you about craft beer today? I'll tell you what scares me. Everybody kind of looked up and thought at the same time. Mm, mm. Um, There's so many new players that have come to the market. And what scares me about craft beer today is, is that, you know, 
a lot of crap breweries are your new corner bar. Right. And I think that people miss the point of, you know, the difference between your new corner bar, craft brewery, and what a player like us is of being like bringing really products to, you know, a bigger consumer base than that. So I feel like, you know, we can't miss the fact that smaller craft breweries, uh, your corner bar is different from, you know, what we do and what other people do. So. You know. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's getting lost with people. I think that it's easy to, to drop them into the same category, but I, I think people get that. They walk into to some places and they may go there because it's just the closest place to their house. Right. But then there are other places that when they walk into their grocery store, that's what they're picking up off the shelf. Exactly. When they're bringing in friends out of town or something and they're going out to dinner, they're going out to go drinking for a, a weekend or something, like going out for some kind of... Yep. Uh, and, I, and I think that's going to be thing. part of that's breaking different... the mold. You know, the, a lot of the smaller crap breweries that come into the play and that are, are going to do interesting things that people are going to pick up on. I think it's good for the category. I think anytime we're talking about beer, it's really good for the category. I think so, too. I, uh, it's, I think it's fun. <laughs> what it's... about you guys? What scares you about craft beer? I mean... You guys are just diving into this industry and like really just diving into this industry. You're very early on. So I, I'll ask this question again in like five years. Yeah, and see exactly. What... Me, I'll, I'll say something similar to what Greg said, but taking a slightly different tack on it. I think the challenge of the, the, um, the variety and the amount of different breweries that are out there. So you said how many in Cincinnati? 68? 68, depending on how you count um, it, of course. You know, there's there's value in having critical mass. The challenge is when it gets a little top heavy. You know, if there's too many, um, are they all at the same level? And so, the as people out there drinking it, we have to make sure that that quality level is at that same level. Do you think that does that help or hurt what you do though? If 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 You've got three places around you, and they're all not making great beer. Does that help, or does that hurt the whole? Like, I think it helps us as a company. I think it can hurt the category, and so the the value would be to um, again that will all shake out in the long run, right? Right. If, if you don't make good beer, you'll be gone, right? So you would think so. The the value would be that. Uh, <laughs> That the, the quality steps up. I, I've learned that that's not always the case. <laughs> um, what about you guys? Is there anything that scares you about craft beer right now? Uh, the, yeah, the thing that scares me, and this is riffing off the same things that these guys have said, is um, it's the proliferation. And so, uh, you know, wait, wait. if you shop the beer aisle right now, on a for instance, it's it's. An overwhelming, maybe it's, is yeah, a good, it's, a good it's, word to put it's, it. Yeah, it's a visual explosion, right? You're going through there. There's stuff you've never heard of. There's stuff you have heard of. But my God, the number of brands, the number of different types of beer, which is, it's a feast. It's a smorgasbord for the, the aficionado. But to try every single thing in a beer aisle right now is really difficult. That'd take you a year. And so that is a challenge. And that is scary. And that is one of the things that we uh, what, what drew us to Christian Moorline that had some heritage to it. This isn't just new stuff. This isn't new kid on the block. Hey, trust me, it's good, right? This is stuff that's tried and true. This is original 
craft of Cincinnati, um, and then capitalizing on that, we talked about Little Kings. This is this is a beer that was distributed in 48 states that people have affection for on the Pacific Coast, in the Rockies, Upper Midwest, East Coast, all over the place. So that fear of, as you said, like the stuff that that that, that scares you, that brand proliferation, the fact that the the aisle's a mess. You've got to tap back into what are we really doing here? And what we're really doing here is we're selling great beer. And that great beer as witnessed by the heritage that we've always had. And so that's the opportunity that exists here at Christian Moreland. That's, that's a great way to take a, uh, a fear about craft beer and make it very positive. <laughs> that's Michael's strength right there. <laughs> Yeah. Jody, is there anything that scares you about craft beer right now? Yeah, I guess I'd just say it slightly differently. Is just that the overall fragmentation of the alcohol category means that there's such a paradox of choice for people out there. And so for us, how do we ensure that people know that we are a great legacy beer? That they can count on us for quality, for the heritage. And I think that's a, from a, you know, my job, chief marketing officer, that's a bigger marketing challenge to make sure that people out there know in a very fragmented uh, aisle that they can count on us. And so how do we make sure that we get that message across? I think you guys are poised right now to do some really big things in the city and to, to remind people why Little Kings is always there in the back of their head. And they always remember it. When you see it, it makes you smile. Those, those little green bottles just always make you smile. And there's something about them. And I think... 10-4. I think it's... I think you guys are, are right on that, that point right now to really remind people of, of why that is. And that's, it's, 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 again, it's an exciting time to be a beer drinker, especially here in Cincinnati. We're, we're doing some amazing things. Um, tell people how to uh, learn more about Christian Moorline. Social media, what's the best place for people to go to, to learn more? Well, we have a social media presence uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and uh, you just go to uh, www.christianmoreline.com and it'll tell you to go to all of our uh, different uh, Facebook pages. Uh, Little Kings has a, uh, a very interesting page. Uh, we, we don't post to it lo- a lot, but we're going to in the future. It's coming. And that sort of thing. But uh, uh, it's really interesting to see people all over the nation uh, wanting Little Kings everywhere on that site. I would and, like to see that take on its own personality, kind of a la Stone in the way they, they do different personalities for different brands. I would like to see that a lot. Exactly. And, and uh, uh, you'll definitely be seeing that. But uh, you can just uh, visit us, like I said, at uh, ChristianMoreline.com, and it'll send you off to our social media channels. And come down to the tap room if you want to try the stuff. Get down here because we've got a bunch of handles all the beers are here. Come on down to the tap room on Moore Street in OTR, just north of Liberty. Try the beer. That's I, the best way to And interact. we sell Little Kings and Buckets down here, too. That's right. <laughs> I think you have to make a night of it, and you have to go to both locations. So you have to, you got to spend some time here at the tap room just kind of pounding some beers. But then you got to go to the logger house and eat dinner. At that place still is one of the best restaurants in Cincinnati, best view in Cincinnati to have dinner. But man, the food is incredible, and the beer is great, and you, you you can feel some of that history and some of the heritage and see it around 
you know, on the walls and the, the, the artwork that's there and the old, the old bottles and cans that are on display. It's just, it's such a cool space. It's like a museum. And don't forget it about is, the airport location that actually, I've, I've never actually, been there. Cause I don't that actually, uh, I don't uh, the put in arch ceilings within our tap room How at cool. the airport, mimicking this room right here. Yeah, that's Very cool. cool. I, one of these days I'll get to fly somewhere and I'll check that out too. <laughs> Well, you know, we're we're in uh, Terminal A. I have within the airport. We're have, right across from Sam Adams and, uh, have, and, and and everything, which is interesting. Uh, and uh, you know, it's always uh, like we're in the Allegiant, uh, Frontier, Southwest. Uh, what are your feelings about Sam Adams, especially now that they have a tap room here in town? Well, I is that too I, big of a topic to dive into right now? No, I mean, uh, uh, I've been friends with Jim Cook for twenty five or thirty years. Yeah. Uh, I'm. He put me in stained glass within his brewery right, in right. his barrel house. Uh, he uh, he's a he's a great guy. Uh, he's done a lot for craft beer, and um, I think that the you know they they've got something with Truly that uh, is connecting with consumers in a big way. But I don't believe for a minute that uh, you know uh, anybody at Sam Adams has forgotten about the beer category or anything. And I think they're press, uh, uh, I think that they're uh, pressing the envelope on other new products and that. And, uh, uh, we have a great relationship with our friends with Sam Adams down the street. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah, you know, there's there's some places that I could probably ask you about that that would not be the same uh, same answer. But I would say we won't ask about us. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the show every week every monday please subscribe please share it with all of your friends um if you don't know every monday live i do a uh a live stream show that is not a show called the weekly pint so so go to facebook and just follow the gnarly gnome and you can see all that and that's where i just kind of shoot the shit with anybody that wants to to talk and on that one you can call in live and talk with me um five six seven seventy drink you can also leave messages and if they're really good i might even play them on cincy brewcast so um, make them make them with some kind of content behind them. <laughs> um, and yeah, you follow everything on social media because that's, I guess, what you're supposed to do. And everybody, thank you very much for listening. Um, all of you guys, thank you for, thank you. for making Absolutely. some time for me. I know Thanks it's being here. Um, a night where you could have been um, running around pounding a bunch of emancipators. So I appreciate you taking uh, we'll do that a little bit of time to sit down and, and, and make some time for me. Greg, you, thank you, you. I think you saved us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Um, we will be back next week. Um, we're going to be at Humble Monk, another one of those new guys on the block that a lot of people don't know a lot about. So we're going to talk to them and figure out what they're all about. And then we'll be back the week after that, the week after that, and after that. Probably after that. <laughs> we're just going to keep going. And um, yeah. Thanks for coming, Noam. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Mm-hmm.